When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. And uh, we're back in front of you. That means it's a new year and a new golf season. So, uh, as always, the one to one and a half month break in uh, December feels a lot longer than it really is uh, because golf is pretty much a year round sport. So, now uh, starting here, the first week of January, we're back at it with golf content and we'll be pretty much full go throughout uh, the spring and the summer. Uh, with golf tournaments pretty much every week. So we'll be back in front of you here every week. Uh, for now, we're going to keep taping on Tuesday nights while football's still going on, but uh, sometime we might move back to Monday, uh, TBD on that. But uh, happy to be back and talking golf uh, for another year. I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. I have my usual co-host, Mr. Notorious, Derek Farnsworth alongside. And Noto, it's been a long time since we've uh, been on the air together, so I hope you had a good holiday season. And uh, I know the grind gets tough with football and hoops and now golf back in the mix, but uh, football will be over pretty soon. Yeah, grind's, uh, grind's a little tough during the holiday season, but uh, Christmas is good, New Year's is good. Um, how's everything with you? Is, uh, everything go over smoothly for Christmas? Yeah, absolutely. We did a little every year, you know, because I do taxes for a living, so... Uh, starting around the middle of this month through April 15th, uh, it's uh, it's tough for me to have a lot of free time. So we usually try to get away uh, for New Year's. So we went up to uh, Wisconsin Dells and went to one of the indoor water parks up there. We've done that for one of the last couple uh, kind of New Year's weekends, just go up for like two or three days. And so that was exciting. Um, we had the uh, sweat of, so of course we we're, uh, we're Ravens fans. So that's uh, also going well right now. We'll, we'll see if that continues, but uh, the sweat of okay, our oldest kid is getting into sports and football, and he's so he's an eighth grader, uh, and so he decided for Christmas that he wanted a Zay Flowers jersey, uh, which is very difficult to find in rural Illinois. So you have to find the, that online, and for you know like a month, could not find it, could not find it. Finally, found one online like two weeks before Christmas, and he had no idea that he was getting it. So he was. Pretty stoked to get the Zay Flowers jersey for Christmas, and uh, and now the, the Ravens are rolling to the playoffs. So, yeah, it's been a pretty good month. Can't complain. Yeah, uh, Ravens on fair, man. Uh, they've been fun to watch. Um, if you were a Browns fan, would you be buying uh, Joe Flacco jersey? I, uh, it's been crazy. I, I can see it now, right? The narrative for all, for as good as the, the Ravens have been, uh, Lamar has always struggled to get over the hump in the playoffs. And, and I can see it now that they're going to go out and lay an egg in the playoffs and, uh, and lose to Joe Flacco, but, uh, we'll see. It's been pretty remarkable. Obviously defense helps, but, uh, he's been slinging it for him. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the playoffs go. I mean, that AFC 
you got Buffalo could either be the two seed or miss the playoffs entirely. So pretty crazy how competitive it is. Yeah, should be a fun weekend. And uh, yeah, we get some primetime golf. So uh, let's get into that. Yeah, primetime golf doesn't hurt either out in Hawaii. So it won't start. The tournament won't start till about uh, midday, early afternoon on uh, on Thursday for most of you stateside. Um, not really too much to recap. It's been a long time since we've had a tournament. We had a couple of those exhibitions. Uh, we had the, uh, the, the LPGA, PGA mixed event. Ironically, I had my best golf week of the year for the uh, one that had the women involved. So uh, shout out to that event. That was pretty fun. Um, and uh, we have John Rahm going to live. Yeah, they're still talking the uh, merger in the future. But I mean, some of these PGA Tour fields here and now we've got what used to be the Century Tournament of Champions, uh, which just used to be the winners from the year before. But now all the winners are like leaving. And so they've kind of opened this up more of an expanded field. We've got 59 golfers, I believe, instead of the usual 30 some. And uh, it's not just the winners from the year before. So, uh, you know, what do you make, I guess, of the ROM move and kind of the, the changes to this tournament here? Yeah, the wrong move, not all that surprising. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before the show. I mean, if uh, the still's going to get done eventually, you might as well go get your money while you can. You're going to be playing with all these guys, especially for Rom. I mean, he locked up all the majors for the next five years. So, uh, yeah, made a ton of money, and now he can't talk to the media, uh, which is kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, um, as far as, you know, the PJ Tour goes, I'm glad they – made this field a little bit bigger. I think it'll be more interesting. We get more of the top golfers because, you know, a lot of the times guys like Fleetwood and Hatton and some of our other favorites, they just never win on the PJ tour. So now they get to play um, in Hawaii. So that'll be fun. And then we'll see how all the new signature designated, whatever name they are right now. I can't, they change it every few months, um, how they go. I think the Pebble beach event's going to be a lot better because we're going to get to see more Pebble beach. Um, other than that, yeah, it's kind of up in the air. We don't know. I mean, at least Tony Finau said he's going to stay. Um, doesn't seem like there's any other big moves on the horizon at the moment. So, yeah, everything's just kind of up in the air. We'll see what happens with the with the framework. Yeah, I think if anything, you know, some more of these big guys moving will, will kind of help push that along a little bit. Uh, but uh, it's anybody's guess at this point how that's going to play out. For now, for this season, uh, what we have in front of us, at least for now, is that the uh, PGA Tour – and the live schedules will be separate. Um, the live guys will continue to make a ton of money with almost nobody watching on the CW network or whatever uh, platform is going to be streaming those events this year. Uh, just weird. It's a weird dynamic waters down the PGA tour fields. Uh, but yet that is where, you know, all the, uh, the viewership is. So got to think they'll get something worked out in the long run. Uh, but for now it'll just continue to be a little bit awkward. And as we get to some of these full field events, uh, you'll start to see kind of uh, some some weaker names at the bottom. We do have the new PGA Tour card holders that got their spots in uh, here early in the winter that will start to, to filter into some of these late winter, early spring events as well. Uh, but that is a few weeks down the road because this week is still the elevated event uh, with a pretty strong field. So uh, 59 golfers, I believe, in the field. Everybody that was invited except for Rory uh, is uh, partaking on a course that uh, generally has played very easy. And usually, you know, we've only had 30 or 35 golfers. Now we've got close to 60. I mean, I guess uh, the usual, go ahead and talk about the course a little bit and uh, what the heck are we going to see this uh, winning score get up to this week? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, each of the last three years, this has been the easiest course on the PGA Tour. Um, you rarely see that. Sometimes, you know, weather will impact it uh, one year, something like that. But no, this has been the easiest course, easiest course on the PGA Tour each of the last three years. Um, it's not your typical layout. It's a par seventy-three, so there's only three par five or three par threes on the course, uh, four par fives, and then it looks long, seventy-six hundred yards on the scorecard, but it does not play that long. There's a lot of elevation changes. Um, a lot of the fairways have slopes and hills, and you're going to see rollout of like 100 yards on some of these drives. You're going to see 400-plus-yard drives um, like they're nothing. So it's basically turned into kind of a wedge and putting contest over the years. Uh, the greens are massive. The fairways are massive. And I think last year, 82% of the greens were hit in regulation, and that's by the entire field. So even the guys that play bad were hitting greens at a pretty high rate. So I don't think around the green is going to be all that important. Maybe it comes into play on the four par fives a little bit, but got to make birdies. Um, you got to hit your irons well, hit your wedges well, and then got to put well on these Bermuda greens. That's kind of what I'm looking at in terms of my player pool. And if you want to, if you want to comp, Augusta National does have rate out as a top comp. I know the scoring is vastly different, but you get a lot of uneven lies here. You get, you know, driving accuracy doesn't matter with the wide fairways. Um, so I think there's something a little bit to it. We saw Cam Smith win here two years ago, almost won the Masters that year. John Rahm won here last year, went on to win the Masters last year. So maybe there's something to it. I wouldn't you know, put too much stock into it. But if you are bored and you just want to look at something to compare it to, might as well look at some Masters leaderboards. All right. Yeah, not the first course that would come to your mind for sure, but uh, the logic behind that does make a little bit of sense and uh we'll just uh, we'll see plenty of birdies wind it always tends to be windy in hawaii that's really the only defense this course has uh, but i was looking at the forecast before we came on the air and it's like 12 14 maybe 16 mile an hour winds and i think one of the days was like under 10 miles an hour so that's nothing in hawaii there will still be a ton of birdies on this course a lot of 400 yard drives with the rollout and the elevation so uh, expect plenty of scoring, but it's always fun when golf is back that, uh, you know, even when this tournament was only 30 or, or 35 golfers, uh, we love it just the same simply because we haven't had too much to, uh, to sweat, uh, golf wise over the last uh, month and a half. So, uh, with that, I, I think you bring up a good point as well about the course being a par 73, uh, but with one fewer par three, I mean, if you want to wait par five scoring, I suppose you can, but, uh, a lot of these, uh, holes are, are reachable into for for most of the guys uh without a lot of trouble in play so let's go ahead and dig into the golfers uh, we've uh, got fairly loose pricing this week i mean with it being a no cut event um and you know you can afford to take some shots lower on the board it's not like the the six and seven k range is unrosterable like we saw for some of the fall swing events there are guys that you can play at every price point uh with that being said it does make it fairly easy to spend up on one of the top guys, Scheffler, Hovland, Xander. Uh, do you have a preference among that group? It looks like we have them kind of all around similar ownership as well here early in the week. Yeah, I wish DraftKings would have been a little more aggressive with the pricing. Um, all golfers are going to see four rounds. So I wish Scheffler was like 13K and then, you know, Hovland was like 12, something like that, just because. All these guys are going to be very popular just because it's easy to fit them in. There's a lot of good plays in the 7Ks, like you mentioned. Um, some interesting options in the 6Ks. But So I will be starting my lineups up here. 
Love Scheffler. I mean, I was looking at it today. I think in my database, I went back like 60 weeks or something. And he's finished first, second, or third in 43% of those tournaments. Just unreal. Um, like almost every other tournament he plays, he's finished in the top three. Coming off of a win at the Hero, finished seventh here last year. So hard hard to find any holes with Scheffler. Um, same goes for Shoffley. Uh, he's uh, one of those guys that always plays well in these no-cut events. He's won here before. Good course history, good form um, in the fall. Uh, I think he had the lowest score at the Tour Championship when you take out the starting strokes. And I think my odd man out is probably going to be Hovland, but that scares me a little bit because he's basically been a top five machine for the last six months. But uh, he doesn't have the same course history as the other two. So for that reason, I think I, I prefer Xander and Scotty. Yeah, I mean, I think Hovland is fine in GPPs. Uh, it does kind of scare me to be a little underweight on him as well. Uh, Scheffler is definitely my favorite. You know the Tita Green game is going to be there. Uh, you know he's going to give himself like 40 chances for birdies in this tournament. It's just a matter of whether the putter can be semi-reasonable. If that happens, you know, he's basically first or second in pretty much every strokes gain metric not involving the putter. Uh, and he's my number one. If you're choosing from the top guys, I'll probably rank them in the same order. I don't have a problem with, with Hovland over Shoffley either, especially in GPPs, but um, I, I think it does. It is, if you've got a favorite out of that group, I think you can definitely play them given the, the pricing being a little bit loose as we kind of both just alluded to there. So uh, no problem going with one of the top guys. And that's why, you know, all three of them are probably going to be around that 25 to, to 30% uh, ownership range. So, all right, with that, uh, we'll move into the 9K range. We've got Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, Wyndham Clark, Matt Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon, Terrell Hatton, Morikawa, Fleetwood. So a pretty large group for a, a field of around 60. Pretty large group of 9K golfers. Um, I don't have as strong of a take in this range other than, you know, given Morikawa's played well here in the past, he's easily going to be the most popular so you might see some people take a stand on him one way or the other. Uh, what do you like about the the 9K range? Yeah, right there with you with Morikawa. If you remember back last year, he had this event in the bag, and then the chipping yips uh, kind of just showed up. Maybe not the yips, but, uh, man, he had some short game mishaps for sure, and John Rahm ended up catching him late. Uh, and it kind of set back Morikawa's season. He kind of got off to a slow start the first six months, and I think a lot of it had to do with just blowing this event so I think he's going to come back, play well. He's had progressively better finishes here each of the last four years, 7th, 7th, 5th, and 2nd. Uh, coming off of a win at the Zozo not too long ago. Um, so, yeah, I love the spot for Morikawa. I'm just going to be overweight there, even though he's going to be popular. No strong take on the rest of the 9Ks. You know, Cantlay is very consistent. You can start a lineup with him and Xander and feel real good about it. They're probably both going to finish in the top 10. He might be giving up a little bit of win equity. But it's not like they can't come out and win. Um, he's got a couple top four finishes here. And everyone else, I just I don't feel great about. It. I like the 10K and up, and I like uh, you know the 8Ks quite a bit. I like Morikawa quite a bit. Might have some interest in Fitzpatrick. He's been in pretty good form. And he hits that really low drive, so he could get you know a little extra rollout maybe um, with, these, with these sloping fairways. But everyone else feels a little overpriced. Harmon, Clark. Atten. I don't I don't have any strong takes there. I accidentally unplugged my uh <laughs> for a second here. So 
bear with me. Do I still sound okay, or does it sound weird? Uh, just underwater a bit. Yeah, it might have might have taken off my mic there for a second. Well, I'll try to get uh, I'll try to get that fixed in, in a sec. But yeah, to me, I, I think the the nine K range is a little bit strange. I, I was expecting to like it a little bit more than I did. Um, I mean, they got Harmon. The, you got the hurricane pricing on Harmon. Uh, DraftKings has has adopted Noto's model for its pricing algorithm, getting Harmon all the way up there at 9,300. But uh, that's part of the reason why I, I like those 10K guys. You know, I, I just don't see that much of a, a of a savings to get to some of these 9K options for uh, the benefit it provides. So I'll start a lot of my lineups with the, the 10Ks. I don't hate the balanced approach, say starting with a Fitzpatrick Morikawa or a hat and more a cow or something like that. I, I think I'll do that in some lineups. Um, but yeah, I mean, Homa, Clark, Harmon, I just, I, I don't love a lot of guys in this range. I think I'd rather dip down. I frankly, on the whole, I think the 8K range is a lot stronger. Uh, so I think we're kind of in agreement there. Um, anything else on this range for you? I don't think so. Uh, wouldn't it make sense for, you know, Tommy Fleetwood to win the tournament of champions when he's never won? That would just be funny. There you go. Now we've got our narrative for the week. Yeah, he's gonna. Uh, I mean, he's been in awesome form over overseas, but I don't know. He's never played here before. We have seen some guys play well here in their first time. So if I have to add one more, it'll probably be Tommy. It's all right. I think I got my mic back. Ah, there we go. That sounds uh, sounds a little better. Hopefully. Uh, got my arms we're, we're first show of the new year working out the kinks to try not to unplug my stuff out of the usb port <laughs> work on that going forward also working on we've got the water bottle instead of the diet coke uh we're, we're cutting out on the diet coke during the shows we'll see how many weeks that lasts if you want to get a pool going over under how many weeks before i have that coke back on the golf broadcast you can do that but so uh, is, it, is this just for the show or no diet coke at all I can't cut myself completely off. I drink too much to not okay. drink too much Diet Coke to just completely go cold turkey. But uh, and if you try to go cold turkey on those New Year's resolutions, they never stick anyway. Like it'll last a week. So uh, we're just we're scaling it back. We're gonna uh, see if we can get a little healthier here and cut back on the on the soda a bit. So uh, we'll see. We're it's uh, it's January second. We're still going. <laughs> I like uh, it. We'll, we'll see if it if it lasts. Uh, we're going to take it a week at a time here. All right. Uh, so 9K range, not that great. Uh, 8K range, I think, for the pricing, a lot better. You can probably make a case for Tom Kim. You can make a case for Aubert, who seems way too cheap. Uh, even Speeth, I think, you know, I can, obviously, uh, if you've watched us for any length of time, you know I'm not a Speeth guy. Uh, but this is the type of course where Speeth can, you know, be creative and and make some lucky birdies, what have you. Uh, I can I can see the argument for him this week. You got guys like Cam Young, Tony Finau in here um, that really don't seem like they're super much of a step down from the uh, the nine K range. So, uh, presume you've got some favorites in here. Who do you like? Man, New Year, New Justin, no Diet Coke, talking positively about speed. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be nice to people this year. Man, I don't know. I don't recognize you. Um... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you want to play the Masters narrative, like I was talking about, speed the. Uh, there you go. Stat. Perfect. He does like the uneven lies and uh, all that fun stuff. But Obert's too cheap, like you mentioned. 
Uh, my New Year's resolution is just to play him instead of trying to get cute and fade, fading him every week. Uh, I lost enough trying to do that last year. So, uh, yeah, I like him at 8,700. Love Tom Kim at 8,900. He tends to play well in birdie fest. He can rack up birdies with the best of them. Uh, coming off of a win not too long ago at the Shriners, finished fifth here last year. Um, moving down, I like the lower 9Ks. I like Cam Young just for his upside. He's probably one of the riskier options in the 8Ks. He's just been so hit or miss. He'll finish top five or close to dead last, but his biggest weakness is his short game, and if he's hitting 85% in the greens, I don't think that's going to be a big issue. So I do like Cam Young. Sungjae is probably the exact opposite um, of Cam Young in that he's going to be very consistent. He's probably going to be a good bet for a top 15. He's finished fifth, eighth, and 13th here the last three years. Pretty good form coming in, too. So if you're playing cash games, play Sungjae. If you're playing tournaments, play Cam Young. I think that's pretty pretty easy and then i'll be overweight on finau as well don't have any particular reason for it but uh played pretty well at the hero i want to say finished fourth his last time out seventh uh at this event last year you know what shocked me when i was looking at stuff today sung jay has only played in one event since the tour championship you know, one event in in five months i mean he's got to feel like Superman recharged after, yeah. you know, we're used to him playing 25 events in 26 weeks or something like that. So uh, I think that was probably needed too. like Sung Jay's stats kind of lagged a little bit uh, towards the, the latter part of, of last season. I hope that keeps ownership in check to some degree. Uh, so I really like Sung Jay, uh, even in GPPs this week, 14%, I don't think is too bad. Um, so even in tournaments, I think I'll play him especially because most people in here are probably going to go to Aubert. Uh, I like Tom Kim too. You know, Finau always gets his share of ownership. So uh, it's spread out enough in here that I, I think Sung Jay is, is fine. Even in GPPs rates out really well in our Roto Grinders projections rates out well in Noto's model as well. So um, yeah, I think he's fine. Do you have a yeah. take? Go ahead. Uh, he did play the Asian games. Um, oh, that's right. That to get uh, was it? Was he one? Was he with Tom Kim? They were getting. They won the medal to get uh, exempt from Siwoo, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, exempt from the uh, military service. That's right. Well, yes. still one event on the PGA Tour in five months is still no. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm saying he's the. Uh, might be in good form. So I'm he's ready to roll. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have a take on Ricky? Did you mention Ricky? Uh, I don't have a strong take on Ricky. We kind of saw his form tail off there after he won and then um, didn't really do much of the Ryder Cup. Don't really have a strong take, to be honest. Yeah, Hondizzle's got him tagged this week, so that's the Hondizzle play of the week. I, I don't have a strong take either. Um, probably out just because there's enough other names in this tier, and and I don't like to – to play a large player pool, especially in these events. And I, I like some of the other guys a little bit better. I'd probably take the flyer on the YOLO hit or miss Cameron Young uh, if I had to pick uh, between those two this week. Anything else above 8K there? Uh, any Hideki? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I like Sungjae a lot. Uh I think it kind of depends on how you feel about the guys kind of right below him as we head into the seven K's like, you know, Henley tends to, he's played well in Hawaii in the past. Like Tigal is pretty hit or miss. Hegan's hit or miss. Probably not on Strzok at that price. I might end up on some Hideki if that ownership stays in the single digits. 
Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. He's although he's the one guy in this field I worry about withdrawing, maybe, but uh, you can't really play that. Um, so I would only look his way in tournaments, but the upside's there at least. So, um, Xander withdrew last year mid tournament with a back injury. Uh, is the only withdrawal we've had at least mid tournament here for the last couple of years. But yeah, it always is a scare with Hideki. Uh, but uh, I've got to put that aside, or I'll never play him because I always tend to yeah. <laughs> just X those guys out. But uh, another resolution, we'll we'll try to give the injured guys a chance until until like one time where they uh, they let me down. Then we'll be back uh, anti injury guy. Um, yeah, I mean Henley seems to grade out the best here in terms of projections. Like Digala is another guy, like you mentioned with uh, with Cam Young, you just don't know what you're going to get. Uh, Justin Rose has shown some signs of bouncing back. Connor's always good when ball striking comes into play. Um, what do you like in the upper part of the seven Ks here? Man, Tagala is a guy I never get right, and I don't know what to do with him this week because his biggest strength is his around the green game. He gains more strokes than anyone over the last six months. But I just don't think you can gain a ton of strokes on this course uh, around the green. So I don't know if you're playing speed, he kind of has that similar skill set at this point, kind of, you know, luck box in the short game. So I don't know if you want to pair those two together, you can do that. Uh, I do like Henley quite a bit. Going to be popular, but before uh, the break, he finished 13th, 13th, 8th, 6th, and 2nd. You mentioned his uh, history. In Hawaii, a lot of that is at the Sony Open, but uh, yeah, tends to play well in Hawaii for whatever reason. Uh, Corey Connors, good ball striker. Uh, I think he could be a very high floor play. He's got a couple of top 20 finishes here. And then above 7,500, maybe take some rows. I don't, it doesn't look like he's going to be too popular. I probably prefer him over Tigala, Straka, and, and Keegan. But now nah, we probably should play Straka every week. He's going to just go nuts every four or five tournaments, he just comes out of nowhere and just shoots these crazy low rounds. So uh, I think I'll probably be overweight on Straka too. Uh, yeah, I'm probably out on him, but uh, it'll be to my detriment when that happens. Uh, the logic obviously is there. He just tells uh, nuclear. I don't, maybe just play him in showdown, but. I, I, I don't know. It, 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 you're right though. He just does it out of nowhere and it seems like he'll be in bad form. For, for months and then boom 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 all of a sudden uh he's uh he's making birdies everywhere so i'm probably out on him this week but i fully admit that uh, i'm i'm worried about that being my undoing uh the guy who doesn't come out of nowhere and apparently the algorithm has forgotten that eric cole just does eric cole things and is gonna finish like top 10 top 15 every week uh, but here he is all the way down in the the mid 7ks uh, looks like you got him uh, pinned up here on our lineup HQ tools. So uh, are we staying aboard the coal train that uh, was very friendly towards the end of last year? Yeah, I don't see why you'd hop off at this point. Uh, he makes as many birdies as anyone. So even when he doesn't finish all that high, he's still racking up the DK points. Do you think he has any chance of rookie of the year or is this, did O'Bear just lock it up? I mean, I think O'Bear probably has it locked up, but I, it's hard to say. I mean, it, yeah. he's been proving the doubters wrong like for months now. Yeah, such a great story. I'd love for him to get something, but I mean, I guess millions of dollars help uh, help ease that. At least the pain a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. 
But yeah, I do like him quite a bit. Um, looks like the field likes him a lot as well. Um, in terms of, I think a lot of the shorter hitters are going to get overlooked this week just because everyone's going to be, oh, wide fairways, long course. You know, you can get away with spraying it a little bit. But I like guys like Danny McCarthy, JT Poston. Um, when we get in the 6Ks, there's a couple normal guys that I like, um, but I'll save those for a minute. And then Cam Davis, man, Choosing between the good chalk and bad chalk is really what separates you as a player in, in PJ DFS. And I think Cam Davis is good chalk. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to agree yeah. on the good chalk and the bad chalk here because okay. I, I agree. I think Davis is the good chalk and Luke List is the bad chalk. And I, I have not, I haven't read your stuff yet, but I, I presume you're on the same bandwagon. Yes. No interest in Luke List. Love Cam Davis. Um, I th- they're similar ball strikers. Cam Davis is a much better putter. He's in great form, three top tens recently. So, uh, yeah, right there with you. I love Cam Davis. And then uh, I'll play some post in and Denny as well. I just remember, like, you know, four months ago or three months ago when we were talking about Luke List uh, uh, as I shouldn't have said anything. value. And Noto said Luke List isn't going to make enough putts, uh, which is exactly how I felt, you know. But uh, then he went out and won. Uh, Not only did he win, he dropped like a 60 footer in the playoff to win. And uh, he, uh, you know, yeah, he shoved the birdie right in your face. And now here we are on a course where you're going to need to make a lot of putts. And Luke List is like the fifth most or the fifth cheapest golfer in the field. And he's going to be like 18% owned. So um, I've buried the lead. We just skipped all the way down. But I couldn't resist when we were talking about good shock and bad shock. But uh, I do like Davis as well. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to list in a second. Uh, he's my favorite guy down here at 7,100. I totally agree on guys like Poston and McCarthy though. Um, you know, Harris English, if you want to be a little bit more risk reward. Uh, and then, you know, as we get into the six K's, I presume you're hinting at Brendan Todd a little bit. Chris Kirk's a shorter hitter. Uh, you know, these guys, uh, will get overlooked this week, particularly Kirk. Uh, but, uh, as we head down into the six K range, did mention at the top of the show, there's at least some playable guys in here, uh, which makes the top end a little more accessible. So uh, who do you like in the, say, 65 to $6,900 range? Yeah, you know me well. You know me well. Uh, Brendan Todd, one of my favorites. He's a guy that I always played well in Bermuda. And if you get into a putting contest, you got to like your chances with Brendan Todd. If you look at his numbers over the last six months, uh, he's been a much better iron player, much better wedge player. And again, I'm just not worried too much about lack of distance off the tee because everyone's going to get that rollout this week. So I do like Brendan Todd. Don't mind Chris Kirk at 4%. That's certainly interesting. Um, the other name that came to mind for me is Andrew Putnam, another guy that always breaks out well for me. Um, and then Mackenzie Hughes. Anytime you get him in a birdie fest with uh, where you got to make a lot of putts, uh, he tends to play well. And he's coming off a of back-to-back top 10s. I know it's been a little bit while, a little while since he's teed it up, but uh, I think he could be very interesting as well. Um, who are the punts you like? Yeah, I'm always a Spencer guy, so I can't resist playing some of him at 6,600. Uh, if you're you know, comfortable enough with the putter, uh, Benny on is near the top of this field from T to green uh, over the last four or five months. I, I think he's fine at that discounted price point. So Svensson, Benny on, um, and then mentioned, you know, list as kind of bad chalk. Akshay will have some ownership as well. Uh, but this is the spot where you can take some chances, right? Everybody's getting four rounds. Everybody's going to make some birdies. 
we all know that birdie fests tend to be a little bit unpredictable. Uh, so I'm going to go back to our old friend, Patrick Rogers, new year, new start for Patrick Rogers. He loves to hit the driver off the tees, not going to get in a ton of trouble here. And uh, maybe just maybe Patrick Rogers can make enough birdies to, I mean, and he doesn't, he doesn't need to win the tournament, but if, if Patrick Rogers outscores Viegas and Luke list and Akshay, I mean, you're going to be ahead of say 40% of the field right there that have those one of those three guys at least. So uh, for better or worse, it wouldn't do it if it was not a no cut event, but this is the type of tournament where you take that shot. And so I will uh, live and die with a little Patrick Rogers, I think. Yeah, you don't have to twist my arm to get me to play uh, my boy Patrick Rogers. 2%, 3%. I'm in on that. What I don't, why is everyone playing List and Akshay when EVR just came off a win, playing much better than those two? Um, yeah, but what did he win? I don't know, that Mexico. Yeah, it was like see, the same same course where it was 80 yard fairways and tons of. I know, but nobody was watching then, right? At least more people <laughs> yeah, were still okay. watching. Like football had gotten in full go by the time EVR won, so nobody. Nobody paid attention. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I just presume it was the profile of the event. Yeah, I'll play Hughes, Putnam, maybe some Rogers over over Liss and Akshay, who are the worst two putters in the field, 59th and 60th in putting over the last uh, 12 months. Who's that? Who's Liss and Akshay? Yeah, the two child. I wouldn't yes. I wouldn't have guessed that he was dead last. Uh, List, I would have guessed, but, uh, but yeah. not Akshay. So. Uh, interesting. Well, uh, at least there's guys down here, right? Like you can play two of these guys and, uh, and then load up at the top, like the stars and scrubs. There's a lot of weeks where it's just not advisable. This is the type of tournament where it is, you know, it's certainly not off the board, uh, and even leaving some salary on the table. I mean, it's not quite as logical as when we only had 30 golfers here, but, uh, you know, crazier things can happen. You can see some dupes in the in the larger field stuff. You know, you can uh, you can certainly leave four or five hundred dollars on the table and, and not have to worry about it. So, all right, uh, that's it. Again, smaller field, so not a ton for us to go through. Still did make it here, uh, say close to 35, 40 minutes. But uh, anything else you want to pass along here with the new season before we call it a show? No, real excited for the for the week ahead and. Uh, I love the fact that we have primetime golf. The only thing I hate about it is that it doesn't lock until, you know, whatever time you mentioned. Um, and so all morning I'm just sitting there staring at the lobby, joining more contests. I end up joining way too many contests when I have uh, have that whole morning to just sit there. And then I end up tinkering too. So uh, I just need to set it and forget it uh, the night before. Yeah, 12.45 p.m. Central time or Eastern time is the uh, first tee off. And actually, they've got one of the featured groups as the first group off the tee, which is a, a little bit different. So uh, Morikawa, Shoffley, and Tom Kim is the first pairing on Thursday uh, morning slash afternoon, depending on where you are. So that'll be a pretty good trio, Morikawa, Shoffley, and Tom Kim uh, as the uh, featured group out of the first guys off. Uh, and then Spieth, Scheffler, and Hovland. Uh, looks like it's the other featured group in the, the afternoon. So with that, the uh, golf season will be underway. The calendar is pretty similar here to what it usually is to start off uh, the month of January. They'll stay in Hawaii next week for the Sony Open in Honolulu and then uh, move to California for the American Express uh, the third week of January. So again, 
Uh, then we've got Tory Pines Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, and then the Pebble Beach uh, first week of February. So the usual tournaments that you're used to seeing this time of year, uh, we'll be back and rolling every week, uh, basically through the summer at this point. So happy to have you back on board and good luck in all your golf contests. Check out our premium content over at rotogrinders.com. If you are interested, we'll have you covered all season long. Plenty of good stuff with football, basketball, hockey, golf, lots of sports going on right now. Uh, and uh, with that, we'll go ahead and call it a show. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin. Thanks to Steve for producing and working hard behind the scenes for us. And thanks to all of you for watching. We'll see you back here next Tuesday, same time, same place. Take care, everybody.